So this reading is 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 20 and 27. This is the word of the Lord. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same gift distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one... The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another the interpretation of tongues all these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines just as just as a body though one has many parts but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not For that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If there were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And this is where we say, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All this week, we've been looking at different stories from the Bible and seeing how God gave different people different gifts to help them play their part in God's great plan. So was there anyone who was here on Wednesday who can remember who our story was about on Wednesday, the first day? Yes, go on. Samson, that's right, absolutely, Samson. We looked at Samson, the strong man, and we saw how God gave Samson great strength to help free his people from the oppression of the Philistines. And then on Thursday, can anyone remember who the story was about on Thursday? Yes. Daniel, that's right, Daniel, the lion tamer. Uh, And we saw how God gave Daniel courage to continue to do what he knew was right, even though he faced great danger in a strange land for doing it. And what about Friday? Who can remember who our story was about on Friday? Yes, at the back. Peter, yes, Peter was in the story, wasn't he? And anyone else? Who else was in that story? Can anyone remember? Yes. Jesus, that's right, absolutely. Yes. So we looked at Peter and we looked at Jesus and we saw Jesus 
and the amazing, death-defying leap of faith. And we saw how Jesus walked on water and performed amazing feats. And we saw how Jesus had such faith in God's plan that he allowed himself to suffer and die, nailed to a cross, even though he had done nothing wrong, trusting that he would be raised to new life. So who's our story going to be about today? Well, today's story is about Paul. Not me, a different Paul. Paul, the escape artist. Now, Paul wasn't always called Paul. Paul used to be called Saul. And Saul believed that in order to be part of God's plan, you had to have been born in the right place, to the right family, and you had to have gone to the right school. Now, Saul was a Roman citizen, and the Romans were in charge, so that made him very important. But he was also descended from a family that could trace its line all the way back to the Old Testament through God's people to a very important family. And also, Saul went to the right school. He went to one of the leading religious leaders of the time and he was taught for 10 years and he studied the scripture and he knew everything. So Saul believed that he was one of the people that would be part of God's plan. So when he heard the friends of Jesus going round saying that Jesus had been a part of God's plan, well, he was very upset because nobody had told him about it. Surely, if, if God had a plan for the world, he would have come to Saul first because Saul was really important. And also, these friends of Jesus were going around telling people that it didn't matter where you came from. It didn't matter who your family was. It didn't matter where you went to school or even if you'd been to school at all, anyone could be a part of God's plan. Well, Saul was very cross about this. He didn't like it at all. And he thought it was all lies. He thought it was all fake news. So he went out and he tried to stop the followers of Jesus. And he went to the high priest and he got some letters and he was off to arrest all of the followers of Jesus in a place called Damascus. And he set off along the road to Damascus. But as he was on the road, he saw a bright light from the sky. And he couldn't see, so he had to cover his eyes. And he fell to the ground. And suddenly he heard a voice. And the voice said, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Saul couldn't see who was speaking, so he said, who are you? And the voice said, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. Go ahead to the town that you were headed to. And wait there, and you will be told what to do. And then the light disappeared. Saul got up, rubbed his eyes, and tried to look. As he opened his eyes, he couldn't see. It felt like there was something like fish scales in front of his eyes. And so he had to ask his friends to lead him to the city. And there he waited. Three days. And he didn't eat, and he didn't drink, and he became very weak. And then God came to another man who was in the city called Ananias. And Ananias was a follower of Jesus. And God said to Ananias, I want you to go to the house of Judas in Straight Street, and there you will find a man named Saul of Tarsus. He's had a vision in which a man called Ananias comes to him, lays hands on him, and helps him to restore his sight. Now, Ananias knew all about this Saul of Tarsus, and he was afraid. He knew that Saul had come to arrest all the followers of Jesus. And he thought, you want me, Lord, to go to this house to tell this man who's come to arrest all the followers of Jesus that I am a follower of Jesus called Ananias and at the moment he can't see me so I might get away with it. But you want me to give him his sight back. Why would I do that? 
But God said, don't worry, I have plans for Saul. Saul is going to be the one that's going to go out and tell all the world about me. Well, Ananias was still worried, but he trusted God, so he went. And he found Saul, and he laid hands on him. And he said, Jesus, who you met on the road, has sent me to help you get your sight back. And suddenly it was like the scales that had been in front of Saul's eyes fell away, and he could see again. And gradually he began to realize that he'd been wrong, that he should have trusted that this was part of God's plan. And he became a follower of Jesus too. And he changed his name from Saul to Paul to show that he had completely changed the person he was. And he went out to all nations and told them about Jesus. And in lots of places, people believed and they became followers of Jesus too. But not everyone did. And in one of the places he went with his friend Silas, they got into trouble because the people there didn't like the things he was saying and doing. And so they had him arrested and they put him in prison and they chained him up and they locked the door so that he couldn't get out and they posted a guard outside. Well, Paul and his friend weren't worried. They spent the night singing hymns, praising God and praying. And during the night, there was an earthquake and the ground shook and the chains that had been holding them fell off and the door to the prison flew open and they were free to leave. Now outside, the guard had had a fairly quiet night up until this point. They were chained up, the door was locked, the guard thought, it's pretty safe, they're not going anywhere. And he was a little bit tired. So he had a bit of a doze. But he was woken when the earthquake started. <laughs> he woke up, what? Where? What's going on? And he saw that the door of the prison was open. And he realised that the prisoners would have been able to escape. And he thought that he was going to get in trouble for letting the prisoners escape. So he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself with it. But then there was a voice from the prison and it was Paul. And he said, no, don't kill yourself. We haven't escaped. We're still here. And the guard went in and he saw that although Paul had been freed from his chains, he hadn't run away. He was still there. And he wondered why. So Paul told him all about Jesus. And the prison guard became a believer too. And eventually Paul and his friend were freed and they went on to tell other people about Jesus. Now, in many of the places Paul visited, they set up churches. And even after he had left those places, Paul wanted to keep in touch to see how they were getting on and to give them guidance if they needed it. They didn't have telephones or the internet in those days, so the way Paul did this was by writing letters. And the reading that we heard before the drama today was from one of those letters. Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth. It was obviously written to help with particular problems they were having in that particular church at that particular time. But it's one of my favourite passages in the Bible. Because I think it explains beautifully how any group of people, in any place, at any time, should be. Before he was crucified, Jesus had a body much like mine or yours, with the same weaknesses and limitations. He couldn't be in two places at once. He couldn't work all the time. He needed food and water and sleep. He couldn't do everything because there was only one of him. But after he died and was raised to new life, Jesus went up to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit to his disciples. We are all made in God's image. 
And if we choose to receive the Holy Spirit, we all have God in us. We are the body of Christ. We are anointed to do God's work in the world. We're chosen by God. But importantly, not individually, but collectively. Each one of us is part of the body of Christ. That's why we're all different. Because we're all different parts of the body. And we all have different parts to play. We've seen how that works at Holiday Club this week. So many people coming together. Children and adults, all different ages and from all different backgrounds. Some of us could juggle, but some of us couldn't. Some of us could walk on stilts, but some of us couldn't. Some of us could remember all the words and actions to the songs, but some of us couldn't. Some of us could run really fast in the games, but some of us couldn't. Some of us could colour really neatly inside the lines, but some of us couldn't. We're all different. We're all special. We all have different gifts. And we're all called to use those gifts for the good of others and for the glory of God. Sometimes people have said to me, I could never do what you do. I think the correct reply to that is probably, no. But I could never do what you do either. There are lots of things I can't do. I'm very aware of my limitations. But I like writing. And I like performing drama. And I like telling stories. And God has given me these things and said to me, tell my story. So that's why I'm here, doing this. But one of the great joys of Holiday Club is seeing other people doing the things that they are good at and being the people God has called them to be. Whether it's leading a group or organising games, helping with craft or leading the singing, building the set, making props, sorting out all the paperwork in the office, making refreshments and lunches for the teens, welcoming the children, offering a smile or encouragement, operating the sound desk or the projector, cleaning and tidying up, praying. I could go on and on. There are so many things people do, both here and behind the scenes, to make Holiday Club what it is. And this week, like every year, has been full of moments where I've sat and watched people doing what they're good at and seen God working in them. And it's made me smile. I think you're all amazing. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Amen.